Hey everybody, welcome back to Urban Meyer's Pint House. This is week two of the weekend kickoff brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. This is the Whatever It Takes pregame show and Urban Meyer didn't kick us out after the first one. All right, thank you. <laughs> We're back. Got some more uh, former Ohio State legends in the house, Cardale Jones and Anthony Schlegel back for week two. And we got to break in our guy Beanie Wells. It's been a long time, man. I know, man. So glad to see your faces. So glad to be back talking about Football, not just any football, Ohio State football. <laughs> did you think we were going to get it? No, I did not. <laughs> I thought it was a foregone conclusion. We were not having a season this year. All right, a quick reminder before we get into it all, Urban Meyer is going to be here down there. You see him waiting in the wings. He's the closer. B.B. Landers is in the house. Uh, so we've got some more more Buckeyes in this depth chart coming for you tonight. Uh, as college football fans and players, all of us, we love the fall, but we all know fall means cold weather is around the corner. Is your furnace ready? Whether it's a quick fix or you need a whole new system, your Central Ohio Bryant Heating and Cooling Dealers We'll do whatever it takes to make sure your system is up to the task. You can rely on them to provide exceptional service and make sure you and your family stays comfortable all winter long, all the way through the Big Ten title game into the college football playoff. Be sure to schedule your fall tune-up today. Find your local Bryant professional at bryant.com. Bryant, doing whatever it takes. There we go. We thought we worked out this uh, microphone situation, but uh, some early feedback. Sorry about that. We're not going to try not to hurt your ears tonight. Um, all right, so we get Big Ten football approved last week. That gave us a show. Now we get a schedule. Yeah. Even better. Poor Nebraska on October 24th. I feel bad for those Huskers. Oh, no, definitely I do because Ryan Day and the boys have been up, uh, cooped up all summer in the fall <laughs> waiting on this. They've had a good feeling this was going to happen, so they've been prepared like we was going to have a season. Uh, we'll see. Opening week. Why do you feel sorry for them? Well, I, <laughs> I feel like uh, th that team down there on the banks of the Olentangy might be a little bit fired up. Yeah, I mean, we heard a little bit of complaining from them, right? Because I, I believe they drew Ohio State and Penn State, if my memory serves me correct. Right off the bat. But I also think that they were already in their schedule. Yeah. So it's not really a complaining, but here's the deal. I love it because we were the two teams fighting the hardest. Like, let's just go play, right? We're going to meet up at, you know, on the 50-yard line and boom, like hit it up like in the Predator, you know? Um, I think that was Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, my guy, who is it? Um, Who's a boxer? I forget it's his name. Uh, Stallone. No, it wasn't right. Stallone. It was uh, Carl Weathers or somebody. I don't know. Guy who played uh, Apollo Creed. Anyways, boom, biceps, enormous. That's going to be us in Ohio State. But at the end of the day, listen, they're just the opponent from the West. And who better to get the season started off with with them? We both are fighting for the same thing. It was for our players to have an opportunity to play this season. Nothing more than that. That's why the guys fought so hard. That's why the parents fought so hard. That's why you saw Ryan Day out there swinging as hard as he possibly could on national TV, all for the opportunity for our guys to go play. Now that we have the antigen and the other testing that's coming in on September 30th and they get back to full padded practices, I know they can't wait for that game on October 24th, Bean. I'm pumped up about it, man. You know, like you said, these were two schools that were chomping at the bit to get the opportunity to play football. Now that they got it, I mean, what better schools that have the track record? Obviously, Nebraska, not so much the past few years, but the historic track record of being a quality football team. Now they have a coach a couple years in, season in the program. I think this is going to be a great matchup to start the Big Ten play. What I thought was so bizarre about that last week was, like, as Schlegs was saying, Nebraska fought just as hard as Ohio State to get this done. And then you get the schedule – and their 80s like, whoa, 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 we need a, we need a break here. Like, we, we wanted to play, but we didn't want to play like that. I mean, yeah. Ohio State, Penn State, it Wisconsin. Like, it looked bad. I mean, that was the part. Like, Scott Frost, I give him tons of credit. He didn't say that. He wanted to play. said, we want a Big Ten schedule, and you have to win in the Big Ten. Like, to hear Nebraska complain just felt weird because it tells you how far removed they are from their powerhouse days in the 90s. And also, like, 
You know who feels bad about their Big Ten schedule every year? Indiana and Rutgers and Maryland. Like, yeah. they have to play the East teams every year. Like, just go play. Yeah, just, just go play, man. At the end of the day, it's football. Football is football. You put the best 11 on both sides of the ball, and you go at it. And it's going to just be a testament to not just your coaching, but your players and how well they've been preparing during this downtime. So, just go play. You know, also Michigan, they drew, I believe, Wisconsin and Minnesota. So, the two best teams from the West, yeah. they both got them. And they start with Minnesota. Week one, and we never heard anything about P.J. Fleck and rolling the boat of him trying to get this. I don't know if he did it behind the scenes or not, but I know that they're ready to go for that one. At the end of the day, you always re- always respect your opponent and never fear them. And Ohio State would have the utmost respect for them, except they're going to go beat the dog brakes off them come October 24th. <laughs> and you got week two. I'm just calling it the East Division title game right now at Penn State. Now, there won't be a whiteout, uh, but it's still hard to get there. You guys have all had to make that trip, and you know how miserable – uh, it can be to get to Happy Valley, and and even if there's no fans, uh, a Halloween night against the the second most talented team in the Big Ten. Uh, when it came out for me, that was the one that I circled. 100. percent You know, anytime you know you're going to Happy Valley, which is in my mind, well, probably the same you guys. It's the hardest place to play in college football. I know I played in Camp Randall, and I don't think it compares to how it gets to Happy Valley. So uh, anytime you know you're going there, you know you're you're playing a James Franklin football team who. The past couple of years, they've been solid. They've been on the cusp of being a very good team. And like you said, they're one of the more talented teams of the Big Ten. You know how tough this matchup is going to be. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that you don't have the uh, fear factor of the whiteout and the fear factor of the fans and uh, the noise factor of, you know, uh, messing with cadence, things like that. We heard that cat, though. You know that cat? Oh, for sure. (laughs) For sure. That that, that growl is going to be in in attendance in the stadium. But um, I want to see if they're really going to start pumping sound into the stadium, like all the rumors that you hear, you know, about how loud it is. Get there, like you just said, it's one of the most feared places you play. Um, But taking that element out – I still take Ohio State. But, but did you guys think that there would be an opportunity for some of these stadiums to be louder without the fans because they can't fit all the extra speakers in the stadiums and bump this crowd noise even more, making it more difficult to get plays in and get guys on and off the field? Well, I don't know what the decibel level is. And that might have to be something that's like you can't go above this decibel level because then it could be a competitive advantage for that team. Like we've seen it in the NFL – I mean, you saw Green Bay at Minnesota. You thought that obviously that game would have been significantly more hostile. But you can hear all the checks. Like, it bodes well for the offense because they can hear their checks. Like, that's why at home, in the shoe, on defense, we absolutely loved all of our fans because because at the end of the day, they're having to communicate, right? And so offensively, what do you try to do? You try to make the defense make three checks. Like, that's the whole point. It's all about communication. And when you're going into a hostile environment, at the end of the day, like they, they're going to be able to do that. Here's the deal. you got a BYOJ, bring your own juice. And that's what I think Ohio State does. And here's what separates Ohio State from everybody else. The competitive excellence that's, that is at Ohio State that's going on right now in our training camp between our wide receivers and our DBs and our O-line and our D-line, that's, that's the very best that there is in the country. So when we go out there and play these other schools, like they're not going to have that competitive excellence. They're not going against – are twos and threes, which could be starting at these schools. They're, they're ones, ones on ones, the best matchup they got. But for us, it's collective. And so I think our guys have a competitive advantage going in because of all the talent that's at Ohio State. Did you guys get any uh, wake up calls from students or fans when you guys were in Happy Valley? Oh, for sure. 100%. I don't think we slept. Okay. It's one of the weirder hotels. It's I don't know how awful, it was when you guys it's played. It's an awful hotel. It seems like a Motel 6 because all the doors are like right outside. As soon as you open your door, you're outside. Uh, so it's one of those weird places. You ever got, you guys ever seen Vacancy? 
Yes. <laughs> it reminds you of that Vegas movie, man. It is, because I know you probably stayed where I stayed. They might have changed the logistics when Cardell was here, but where you and I were, you literally were outside, and then you had to walk around the building to go into the only, like, meeting room there was which is also your dining room and then they would break it up and partition it and that's where you would do your meetings and then you would walk back outside and and there was the penn state fans staying on like the like around you it wasn't like it was blocked off for us so they would be out there tailgating staying up late you're like i'm just trying to go to bed bed check coach i can't sleep it's loud outside you know because your door's right there to the parking lot but yeah, it's it's an awesome. It's a, I, but I love that though, man. I love. It's just like Ohio against the world, right? It's us versus everybody. Let's go do this thing. Totally agree. That's how it was with us too. Man. As soon as you walk out, that as soon as you walk out, literally you outside. <laughs> oh, so you probably say it's the same place. And for the media, nobody cares what we do. But I never no, like I, I never actually got to stay there because it they jack up the hotel rates. It's like you gotta have a three night minimum. It's eight hundred dollars to stay. I'm like, it's the worst road trip for the media. It's the oldest press box. Uh, I mean, the stadium is like an erector set underneath. Like, where you guys are at for the locker room and the post game, you're like dodging, you know, through like random pieces of steel <laughs> everywhere. It's just, I, it's like they want it to be as uncomfortable as possible as part of their home field advantage, which I guess, you know, might as well embrace that part. You're not missing anything when it comes to the hotel accommodation. Okay, all right. right. It's literally like a, less than a Motel 6, in my opinion. <laughs> and you're going in there checking for bed bugs, right? That's the first thing you're doing. Like, hey, everybody, make sure you put your luggage on top of your nightstand right don't leave it on the ground <laughs> open up your sheets make sure they're clean and, and if i go i'm just going to take uh you know a couple of those coors lights that you're drinking schlegs and, yeah, and make sure that i can get to sleep yeah ice cold baby when the mountains are blue they're for you <laughs> uh coors light another presenting sponsor for us here for the weekend kickoff brought to you by bryant heating and cooling we appreciate them uh, so the other game obviously that you circle right away i know we don't even have to to say that the game is important what day it is it's, it's back at the end of the schedule though it was weird it should be. version 2.0 had it in, in october in the middle of the year and it was like just didn't feel right i hated it it was garbage. hated it <laughs> yeah it would have been yeah. the worst situation to happen to be to have that game such in the middle of a football season obviously we know what the uh the coronavirus has done to so many different uh athletic venues and just sports in general but to have that game right there Ooh. in the middle of october would have been nasty i couldn't imagine it yeah, no, I couldn't. It, it's been brutal because how do you kind of regroup after a game like that? Yeah, you regroup and get ready for the Big Ten championship mm-hmm. game and, per, and then the college football playoff or bowl season. But to regroup and play three or four other games after that, nah, I, I don't see it happening. The, the <laughs> incompetence of the Big Ten was really on display when they released that schedule because if you were trying to put in buffers for COVID, why would you have offsetting bye weeks for everybody? Why wouldn't you have just one bye week for everybody right. or two? That way, if you did miss a game, everybody had a same date to yeah, where they could make, to make an opportunity up. to make that game up. And all you got to do is put that game at the end of the schedule, which is where it belongs. But, oh, by oh by the way, they can't because they lack leadership and foresight into doing anything, as we saw <laughs> for the entire you know debacle that is the Big Ten. Yeah. Speaking of one of the biggest mistakes in Big Ten scheduling history, I think it was the first year when they decided to do a, a Big Ten championship game and have – Two different, I think it was the Legends. The Legends. The Yeah, we was almost in a position. I don't think everybody really knows. We was almost in a position to play the team up north two weeks back to back. If they would have led their conference, we would have led our conference. The, that end of the year, November game, would have pretty much been a wash because we could have potentially played them the following week in a Big Ten championship game. But it would have been so, nice because you would have got two gold pants probably. It would have been nice, Coach but Byron golly. Fight for those, man. <laughs> hey, we're getting two. It would have yeah. been nice, but golly, how do you, how do you rank everything back up for that environment and for everything that goes on to that week that you have like two of the traditional weeks. I don't know, but 
Yeah, that was crazy. You know, one thing, though, I wish we would have had an opportunity in 2006. I know what happened in 2006 in the National yeah. Championship. Right. Who we played against. I ain't pointing at nobody <laughs> over there. But nonetheless, <laughs> if we would have had an opportunity to play Michigan, that would have been something that I would have been up for because, you know, you're getting a chance, like you said, to play the rivals two times back-to-back. And as good as that game was in 06, I think it would have been an even better national championship. Too, well, they were a little sure. more talented in 06 100%. than this. I mean, Michigan's not going to the Big Ten title <laughs> game anytime soon. That's just not going to happen. All right, we're going to take a quick – I'm just going to leave it at that. They don't even have to say anything. They've all got gold pants on. BB's wearing his down there right now. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on Weekend Kickoff, brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. Uh, we'll be right back. Urban Meyer and Robert Landers still to come. All right, welcome back to the Weekend Kickoff, brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. We are at Urban Meyer's Pint House. Uh, so I don't really need to introduce this guy any week. Uh, he just is a restaurateur now uh, and talks a little football. Uh, Coach, last week we talked about the Big Ten coming back. It sounds like uh, you know our friend Pete Thamel is reporting the Pac-12 is about to do the same thing with a much shorter schedule. So football's back on track. But if you're a coach and you get your first schedule, which Ryan Day did last week, he knows what's ahead. What's I know the first place you're looking, and that's that's the game. Right. What's the second place you're looking? Well, the way it starts, you know, we used to always, and I would never really tell our players, or I would never really spend much time with our staff because that's was between me and our strength coach, Coach Mick. If you had a real easy early schedule, you would almost make that an extension of camp. Okay. Because you got to get your guys healthy for the big one. You know, when you start Penn State, I believe is number two. Mm-hmm. Um, are we open up? Who are we open up? Nebraska on the twenty. Oh, Nebraska, yeah. yeah, Nebraska. You never know about Nebraska, but they haven't been good the last couple of years. But uh, I think the way the world is right now. You better shoot all your guns for that first game. You better have everything ready to rock and roll, everything on point, and make sure they're ready to go because you don't you're not opening up with a smaller school. And it, I think it was you know your last season they came in and Scott Frost was running some triple option and, and crazy stuff with Adrian Martinez. I mean that's I don't think people should automatically look right to week two with Penn State. No, no, you can't. And, and, and Ryan won't. I didn't realize it was Nebraska because Nebraska. Are you kidding me? They still recruit well. Uh, they were bad last year, but they're going to be much better this year. I got a feeling uh, that coach is a good coach. And they were, you know, one thing about a coach like that, they were pushing to play really hard. You don't do that if you have a bad team. <laughs> so that's, uh, I was kind of checking his, uh, what kind of aces he has under his hands there. And uh, I think they're going to have a good team. Yeah, that's, and that's an interesting one. At least we have some football there. So that's October 24th. That'll be a big week when we have weekend kickoff and for that we've got a, a couple of big guests uh i'm not going to give it away that are going to come in for that one but the other part of this urban when you get the schedule and now you know that the pads are going to go on next wednesday it's an interesting it's a different training camp it's you know not one that that you've ever faced really with the, the delays and the month in spider pads and helmets if you were if you're sitting down in your ryan day's shoes right now and you have that sort of three week span to get ready how are you and mick managing that Every team's different, and the one thing that they're very fortunate that there's a veteran offense line, so you cannot beat up that offense line. Uh, you have Trey Sermon, a running back that's, you know, and uh, Master Teague, I think, is coming back off his injury. Yeah. You know, those guys have had some contact, too. It's the players that have not had contact. You know, Chris Alave, Chris Alave, and, and uh, I wouldn't let anyone touch that guy. You know, <laughs> stay away and, and get him to the dance. There's three things that you have, the blocking, tackling, and the ball security. And at this point, you can't have any more Zoom meetings or team meetings. You can't have any more run around hoops and jump over drills and hit bags. you got to hit each other. But you have to stay up and you have to stay healthy. Those that have experience, they get in there, get conditioning, get them out. The ones that need the repetition, you, get, you rep them. You, you actually scrimmage them. 
for people that haven't been through this before as a coach or a player, and we're going on nine months since the Fiesta Bowl when Ohio State got to hit and have the pads on. They were about to put them on in March when the pandemic came. To go that long without being able to live block or live tackle, I know that would concern you as a coach because you told me many times throughout your career that everything concerns you. But that part of it, how long will that take to, to get the feel back of playing football? It's going to take a long time. And my concern is always the first three games of the season and bowl games. Because bowl games, you lose whatever routine you had. And I actually talked to Ryan and a couple other colleagues that I've worked with before about what is the routine going to be to get them back in the game week routine. You are now in October here in a minute. You know, <laughs> this is not the August 28th. And so these, these guys have been doing, I know not a lot of contact, but they've been doing a lot of stuff. you got to get in my mind, get them in a game week routine, uh, actually give them a day off like you would in a game week. I would play a game every weekend until the first game. So they get used to running on and off the field. They get used to looking at the clock. They get used to officials running the game. Uh, coaches get their butts off the field and let the players play. That's what, and I think that's what the some of the more experienced teams will do. I mean, I, the the ones that aren't, you know, like the Michigan State. Can you imagine what they're going through? New quarterback, new staff, offensive defense, and they struggle, and they didn't have spring practice or training camp. Right. And the other part of this, how much would you? Think about putting the guys in the horseshoe, maybe, just to get the feel for what that'll be. Because you're not going to have 110,000 this time. You don't even know what the sounds are going to be like. Would you practice in there at all? Would you have a scrimmage in oh, there? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they will. I think everybody's going to do that. Usually have something called a mock game. Uh, but I would have actual, you know, you're going to have three weeks. So I'd, every Saturday, I'd go play the, I'd play a in, mock in game. In the horseshoe. Okay. And, and I might even put the pads on one time and go play a little bit. I would not tackle, but I'd keep them up. And uh, you get the spring game. You yeah. used to want the freshmen to be in there for the first time. I remember that. And that's they didn't have that. All right. So one more thing. Uh, we we take it every single week. It's the buyer's auto. A question for the coach. It came online, and I, don't, I don't. Yeah, coach. And I don't. And I don't prep you for this. All right. So uh, this week, the one that uh, a lot of several people asked this. Now that they know that Justin Fields didn't opt out, he's coming back. Um, he's going to be a Heisman Trophy favorite. Uh, you you've seen him now for one year in that Ohio State Ryan Day offense. Who does, who does he most remind you of for somebody that you've coached at quarterback? And what do you see as the ceiling for this guy? Uh, I, we have not seen the ceiling yet. And this is going from just the connections I have with Corey and with Ryan Day. You know, I have not – I've watched two practices. Um, I saw – our concern last year was, was he going to be a runner right. thrower? And he's not. He's a quarterback that happens to be as fast as any guy on Ohio State's team. So I would say he's a Braxton Miller, Dwayne Haskins, you know, you know, here's a guy that can throw a beautiful pass. And once again, I saw it last year, but they're saying he's even better this year. And athletically, he's Braxton Miller. And Braxton, you know how I feel about we all feel about Braxton. Yeah. He's one of the best athletes ever to put on a Buckeye jersey. I thought when he came, I was trying to find a comparison myself just to write about him. And like, well, athletically, he does look a little like Braxton. I think, uh, you know, the way he throws the ball, there was a little bit of Dwayne uh, you know, arm strength. I thought there was some of Cardale. Like everybody you coached at Ohio State, I felt like there was a part of him that was in there. But I didn't know if he could be at the same level that each – what you didn't know was that does he have JT's toughness or leadership, and I think he's proven that. Yeah, I, I was going to throw that name in there as well, that uh, I think he's earned that respect. The way he handled himself during this COVID, I don't know if I've ever seen better. You know, he rallied a bunch of people, and he was – you know, his – I, I – I met his family before. I don't. I can't say I know him that well, uh, but my gosh, they have to be proud of him. 
I mean, he did everything with great respect to all involved, yet he would not quit fighting. And that's a, that's a sign of a great young man. All right, that's a great uh, question for Coach there from Byers Auto. Uh, appreciate Urban Meyer again letting us in here. This is week two of the weekend kickoff. Looking forward to a full year of this, Coach. I mean, we, we still got about another month to go until a game comes, but we're going to have a little bit of fun up until then. Yeah, I have, uh, appreciate everybody coming tonight, and this is going to be a great tradition in Columbus, Ohio. I, I love it. Hey, 7-0. I'm going to be here every week that you'll let me. That's Urban Meyer. Of course, you guys know him. Awesome. We're going to roll along. Weekend kickoff uh, brought to you by Bryant Heating Cooling Systems. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with B.B. Landers and some more players. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Urban Meyer's Pine House. It is weekend kickoff brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems, whatever it takes. And we've got our special guest for the week, B.B. Landers, Robert Landers, a great a guy with five five sets of gold pants, I believe. Yes, five, 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 like five for five. Yes, the most, the maximum play. amount that you can get. Uh, former great uh, Ohio State defensive tackle. Maybe uh, this has been an interesting year for you. We we waited a long time. You didn't get the combine invite. Wanted you wanted that didn't go the way you wanted. Wanted to work out. Didn't get a pro day. I mean, everybody has a lot of things that we're dealing with this year with the pandemic. But and I've told you this before. You, you got dealt a bad hand, but you're still grinding for it. Got you, man. One thing that I, way that I try to look at life is that God does everything for a reason. You know what I mean? And life is about lessons and blessings. You know what I mean? And the trials and tribulations you go through are what mold you and would teach you those life lessons to help you grow into the person that you ultimately will become. So, you know, for a while, I kind of gave myself 24 hours to be upset about, you know, how things kind of played out, even though it was out of my control. But after that 24, it was like, you know what? It's time to go back to work, man. I'm still waking up every morning, still darker than Cardell, and I'm healthy and I'm blessed, you know what I mean? So I can't complain. So we good, man. Taking it one day at a time. Pretty Maybe cool. I, I got to ask, man, how hard has it been during this time to stay motivated and ready? Or has it been hard at all? Because obviously we know with COVID and how that makes it difficult for a while there for guys to go to the gym, guys to get opportunities with teams for people to come see you work out. Has it been difficult to stay motivated? Uh, I wouldn't say it would be. It was difficult to stay motivated. I think the the hardest aspect of it was just kind of working for the unknown. You know what I mean? Like I can say being coming from Ohio state and you know, the culture is what the culture is and the culture is to work hard. You know what I mean? And I can say during the time frame where I kind of pulled back a little bit, like I did not know what to do with myself. So getting in the gym, getting back in the lab and trying to perfect my craft, working hard and busting my butt on a day-to-day basis was not hard. I think just the hardest part was just training for the unknown. You know what I mean? So it's hard to kind of get ready for something that you just don't know about. Baby, what are you what are you doing now? I know you got some stuff in the works. Uh, you've had a couple couple other workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's next on the docket for you? Um, well, right now, you know, I'm, I'm still training on a day-to-day basis. I'm trying to stay ready, so I don't got to get ready. Um, and, you know, to occupy a lot of my time, I'm doing some training back home in Dayton, training kids, mentoring kids, kind of giving them some of that guidance. And uh, especially a lot of the kids that I, I kind of train with, interact, it's kind of, they come from rougher backgrounds. So I try to use my story and my trials and tribulations, you know, to show them that just because they come from a certain place doesn't mean they can't achieve their dreams still. So I've been doing that. And then um, next month, between working with my agent and a couple other guys, um, there is like this charity showcase in vegas um and that's for about four weeks so it's full pads a bunch of guys in my in my situation um and some former you know players who played in that next level who knows what it looks like and we're gonna suit up and we're gonna go to work you know what i mean play some games and kind of get my feet back wet and have a few flashbacks (laughs) 
it's <laughs> it's pretty cool because Cardale, it sounds like you know some of that training you've been doing that and you've been getting a gym and working out kids. I mean, that's it's awesome uh, to watch a lot of the way you guys that are come out of that Ohio State system and how important it is to stay engaged with with that next next wave of talent. Yeah, because we all had uh, you know former athletes come through Ohio State program or um, that kind of gave came back and gave back and uh, showed us the way. So it is only right that we do that to the generation below us. All right, let's talk about this current Buckeyes team then. All right, the training camp, they've already been practicing for a couple of weeks, but they haven't had the pads on yet. BB, I get asked about this all the time. You know the defensive line better than anybody. You're you're one of the guys they have to replace. Uh, Chase Young, mm-hmm. uh, Jay Sean, Devon Hamilton. Mm-hmm. How are they going to do it? I'm going to tell you this. Coach Johnson is not the best in the world for no reason. <laughs> that man knows what he is doing. Um, and, you know, he's always had the model next man up. And he trains all of us to be ready to play a 60-play game. Tommy Togia, Zach Harrison, Jonathan Cooper, um, Tyron Vince, Tariq Vincent. <laughs> Tariq Smith, like all these guys are going to be ready because they don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. That's not an option in Coach Johnson's world. <laughs> so reloading has never really been an issue. I think the biggest challenge is going to be some of these young guys who have to get their feet wet, being able to adapt to the game speed. Now you're playing a grown man's game, and now you got to kind of step up and take on more responsibility than, than maybe what you would have been used to, especially with everything going on. So you kind of – Everything is boom, 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 boom. So some of these young guys got to grow up a lot faster maybe than than what they would have if we would have had a normal year. You know what I mean? So I think they'll be fine. Baby, I got to ask, uh, you know, you mentioned some names on there, Cooper, Tyreek. Um, who do you see taking that next step and kind of being that marquee guy? Because if you look at years past, we've had the Bosa brothers, yeah. back-to-back years. It's been a pretty good Chase run. Young, um, and, you know, like, like you said, it's been a really good run. Who do you think is going to take that next step and kind of be that marquee sack master, that dominant defensive lineman, and hopefully that first-round pick that we've been used to having. It's hard for me to really pinpoint just because, like I said, this, we didn't get a spring ball. You know what I mean? So it's, it's spring ball is a critical point for a lot of players, for vets slowing the game down, just honing in on their skill set and just perfecting their craft more, and then for young guys to just pick up on the tempo of the game. So for me personally, I can't fully pinpoint, but I can name guys that are specialists that are going to bring their own dimensions to the game that it, you're going to be saying, wow, all, all the way across the board for the whole front four and even the front seven. So that's the best that I can give you. So I can't give you a better yeah, answer. That sounded like you was very scared. You didn't want to give us a real answer right there, man. You, you nervous one of these guys are going to hear this and you don't hey, want listen, to pinpoint I'm a respectful alpha. I ain't scared of none of them. They know better. I heard that. <laughs> Cardell, when, when BB talks about, you know, missing spring ball, from a quarterback's perspective, how big a deal is that for Justin Fields? Or you've got two freshmen that both enrolled early in C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller. You know, they, they got, you know, two, three days and that's it, no pads on. How big of a deal is that for a QB? Uh, it's major because you're dealing with a lot of guys that got a lot of talent coming in and enrolled early to get this time and down what they're starting quarterback, the Heisman hopeful quarterback. And for him to uh, – pretty much have the opportunity taken away from them that time in and that real life game atmosphere i mean we were scrimmaging every saturday and pretty and it, but it felt like every day honestly yeah. but to, to miss that opportunity to, to get them full speed live game like atmosphere reps is critical 
But he still got his major guy. He got his uh, boy, Chris, coming back, and they, time, they got all the best time in the world. Beanie, what do you can't, when camp starts with pads on next Wednesday, what position has you most concerned at this point? The running back. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> you, don't, you guys don't always have to just talk about your own position. You kind of know that's the direction I was going to go in. But I know. there's so many unknowns. When you lose a guy like J.K., who what, is the number two all-time leading rusher in Ohio State history, was so fantastic, did so many great things out of the backfield, uh, could churn out those yards with ease. That question mark is there. And obviously, we have Master Teague in his situation, uh, you know, with him being injured a little bit. Yeah. Uh, is he going to come back and be the kind of same guy? There's so many unknowns at that spot. And, I mean, I, I think Urban Meyer will agree, and anybody at Ohio State will agree, that they say it all the time. The running back position is a Cadillac position for Ohio State. This team traditionally goes as far as the running back's legs allow them to go. Obviously, we know we're in a unique situation uh, with, with Justin Fields, and we know how good he is, but you have to have a guy that you can turn around and count on when things get rough. Baby, did you have to uh, li- try and line up and, and bring down Master Teague in the whole lot of practice last year? He just looks like a load to tackle. I'm going to say this. Teague runs hard. And that's I, I think that's one of the things that, for me, as a D lineman that I'm not going to say I got a pride issue, and I got – as Dale would like to say when I first got to, I got a little man syndrome, but whatever. <laughs> but I like a guy that's going to lower his pass and he's not going to shy away from contact. Teague will do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think Teague, now that he's getting older and he's had some experience and he's had guys like um, JK and Mike to kind of mold him or help mold and kind of guide him a little bit, um, if he gets healthy and stays healthy, He's going to be a phenomenal football player. But meeting him in the A-gap, oh, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a headache. <laughs> I'd be crossing with my best friend. I swear to God it was. I love the truth. That's that's the most important thing. Come on, now you know I'm always You've never lied to me. Never will. <laughs> All right, so uh, winding down here this show, this got to get a couple more segments to squeeze in here. Brian, heating, cooling, whatever it takes, player of the week. This one's a tougher one, man. It felt like Buckeyes were going down with injuries. You got Nick Bosa. Uh Hated to see that Paris Campbell, you know, Cardell. I know, BB, you guys know Paris well. That was tough to see. He's been grinding through it, but I don't know. Which direction should we go? Who who, who gets the nod for from you guys for a, a player of the week or give me anywhere or somebody that you just think needs to be the player of the week uh, for the Buckeyes this season? I'll let you go any way you want. That's how easy this is. That ain't that easy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start then because – so we sat here last week, and it was good, the instant accountability game before Browns, Bengals, and Cardale and I were – we thought that the Bengals were going yeah. to have Joe Burrow, and one reason that they didn't is because Denzel Ward was out there locking down A.J. Green. I think sometimes it, it's weird because Denzel is not hes not uh, very outspoken. He doesn't call a lot of attention to himself. So when you talk about all these first-round Buckeyes at cornerback, I just feel like Denzel Ward doesn't come up it very often, and then he goes out and does something like that, and the world's like, hey – that's that's one of the best cornerbacks in the world. So yeah. for him to, to help the Browns get that win and, and lock up one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, I'll give him the nod. I think I was going to give him the nod as All well right. because one of the reasons why he don't get as much recognition, and it's just like it's pretty much almost like a Le- LeBron effect. You know, when he left Cleveland, Cleveland ain't played a national game, a national televised game. <laughs> and, you know, the Browns haven't, uh, you know – has lately been as good as they should have been. So they're not getting a lot of attention for his exposure when it comes to the games. But these type of numbers and things he's doing is on a week-in and week-out basis. So for him to get that recognition on, on Thursday Night Football last this past week, um, I'm definitely going with Denzel as well as my player of the week. 
No, I had to go and look at the stats. You don't have I'm to tell people. I'm cheating. The camera's way out there. <laughs> but I remember the impact this guy had on the game. That's Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa was a beast. That was my last week. I know they, I know they, I know they lost the game, but this dude is just a freak. And I, I'm going to be honest. You know, I thought Joey Bosa would have a very good career in the NFL. I didn't think he would be this good this soon. Right. And I think the guy is just one of the more dominant players. Obviously, his contract shows that he's one of the more dominant players. But I think he's going to supersede everybody's expectations. TV, what do you got? I think I'm going to have to go with Joey as well. For me, Denzel and Joey were a uh, very, very close. You know, because I can say, speaking of Denzel, Denzel was the same way when we came in together. Because we came in to Ohio State together. And he was the silent assassin. Unless y'all playing Madden at 2K. Then Denzel got a little rowdy. Okay. Outside of that, when it, when it was time to go to work, man, you didn't hear a word. He came out day in, day out. He put his foot in the ground. He put his pads on, and he went to work. But for me, I'm being biased a little bit. And I love Denzel to death if you hear this. Joey Bosa, in my personal opinion, is one of the best athletes. Somebody wants to say D-Lami. Athletes to play the game and put his hand in the dirt. Mm. If you watch the way that he plays, his game is so smooth. It's effortless. And he's always, if not putting himself in the proper positions in the games, he's setting the rest of the defense up to be in the proper spots to make plays so they can come out and win the game the best that they can. So for me, by a little bit, I'm going to have to go with Joey. Man, Chase isn't going to like that. <laughs> I love Chase to death. I don't get to watch him play this week. That's the problem. I was on daddy duty, so it was kind of hard. Uh, that's that's fair. But I, you know, just that, that talk that we can even look at the last five years in the defensive line for Ohio State and have a debate when you have those two boses out there and what Chase Young did is pretty crazy. Uh, Schlage is going to be really mad because we got to squeeze in the silver bullet picks. Uh, he can just drink the silver bullets back there instead of helping us as we wind down the show. <laughs> uh, the, the instant credibility pick tonight, it's a really sexy one, Beanie. Dolphins and Jags. I mean, you know, it's like the NFL schedule makers. You know, the, this one, yeah, we can move that to Thursday night. So I don't know how deep we need to get in the analysis, but who you got tonight? Oh, my. This is tough right here. I mean, both of them have quarterbacks. Well, I like the, the, the Jaguars quarterback better than I do yeah. Fitzpatrick. Although Fitzpatrick, he is one of those freaky quarterbacks. But I got to go Jaguars. Jaguars surprisingly played very well the past couple of weeks, especially last week. Um, so I'm going Jaguars in this situation. Two teams like in a hurry to tank for a new quarterback. <laughs> no, I'm going I'm to definitely go with the Jaguars as well because I like the quarterback. I like Minshew. I felt like he plays with such a big chip on his shoulder because he was drafted last year. Uh, he's the same class as Kyler Murray and all the guys who went last year, and he don't get as much recognition. But his numbers are slightly better. Than a lot of them guys definitely when the time that he started so i'm actually excited to see what he do with a full season under his belt as being the guy and you look at his uh, stats right now he's up there with the nfl top leading uh passers uh completion ration and uh um qbr but i know it's just two weeks but hey he's starting off hot yeah baby who you got tonight i'm gonna have to go with the dark side i like miami defense. <laughs> i do between uh you know the d-line and then their front seven as a whole for me I love the way that they play. They're aggressive. They get after the ball, and they play together, believe it or not. Like, I know, like, if you're on the outside kind of watching, you don't really understand what you're looking at. The way that they move and the way that they they correlate with the way that their defense is set up, for me personally, 
being a dark sided mining type of person, I got to go with Miami. And uh, come on now, I got a couple of my boys on there. He's trying to Baker still over come there. Come on now, you know yeah. he is. He's also trying to chip away because I'm taking the Jags as well. So maybe just wants to be the one guy who's right. Come on now, come on now. It's okay. <laughs> All right, the NCAA schedule really finally ramping up this week. The SEC is back. Uh, before we get to some of those games, just a couple ones that we're going to zip right through. This Big Ten still a month away. Kansas State and Oklahoma. I think we're all going to take the Sooners here. My question is really, do you guys believe that Lincoln Riley and that team can get over the hump? We've seen them get to the playoff and then get absolutely annihilated once they get there. Are you believers in the Sooners this year? You know, not yet. Not yet. I need to see some more. I need to see some more for the guys. Like you said, during the regular season, they always been pretty solid, pretty good. Um, but when it comes down to playing somebody outside of their conference, they always seem to falter for whatever reason. So I'm not a believer just yet. I think he's a fantastic coach. He does some great things from the offensive standpoint. But from an entire team standpoint, that conference is always a little bit tricky because we know they don't play a lot of defense. So <laughs> that question mark is still going to be there for me. Yeah, and that, and what you just said, they don't play a lot of defense in that conference. And one reason I'm going – everybody know college football is is a, is a quarterback – no offense, BB. It's a quarterback-driven game. No, I agree um, too. You, you usually see uh, teams with the most success that have a you know a veteran quarterback or got a lot of experience under his belt. And I'm a, that's why I'm going to go with Texas coming out the Big 12 and, and uh, taking their talents to the – college football playoff because they got Elliger coming back and he I think he's been there in seven to eight years at this point but uh he's a heck of a leader and a great player and like BB said I mean like um Beanie said they don't play a lot of defense so well, I that, expect them that doesn't have anything to do with their head coach down there in yeah. Austin, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no that's my boy though that's why I, that's another reason why I got Texas coming out <laughs> I think I'm gonna agree with Benny and I think the reason why they struggle out of conference is because you don't really see a lot of teams in their conference that plays hard-nosed, heavy defense like you would see in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. In the Big Ten, if you don't have a dominant or at least somewhat solid defense, you will not win the game. Benny can attest to this. If a team gets over 120 yards on you rushing on the ground, that is a problem. That means they are grounding and pounding the whole game. That in the Big Ten, not, it's, it's going to be tough to come out with a W. Yeah. And I think that's why they struggle because that is not a trend that they are used to seeing. And they're not used to seeing defenses of higher magnitudes and speeds that play so aggressive and rally to the ball like you would see in a Big Ten or an SEC. All right, I put some extra games on here. We're just going to skip Kentucky and Auburn. Who cares? I don't know anything about those teams. <laughs> Florida, Florida State and Miami, uh, you know, Florida State's coach, it won't even be there. Uh, Miami, all I know is that Tate Martell has opted out of a fifth or sixth or seventh team. I'm not really sure how many that is for his career. Yeah. Uh, Alabama yeah. and Mizzou, though, um, I, I don't know that Missouri has enough firepower to stop Alabama, but does anybody in the SEC, are they the team to beat in that league? Well, I think they're, they're always going to be the team to beat. Obviously, anytime you got a coach by the name of Nick Saban, he's going to be a well-prepared team. He's going to get the talent. But Mizzou is always sneaky in the SEC. Always. They're always. not a team you can just waltz over and count out. They will give a good punch. And this being the first matchup, that's the one thing that across the board, we've all we're all coming off of COVID. So are these players, so are these coaches. So when you play a sneaky team, you gotta come out with your best foot moving forward. And we don't know if that's always gonna be the case. Cause right. I know we play teams here at Ohio State, especially when I was playing. Sometimes you come out flat, you come out playing to the level of your competition, and that team can't sneak up on you. Sure. No. Totally agree. Couldn't say it better. Sums <laughs> <laughs> it up. Anybody else it. in the SEC that you like? LSU's got um, too much to replace for me. I'm not there. Exactly. And then definitely with, I think, Chase is up and out. Um, I, I definitely don't see uh, LSU doing uh, much. Or I mean, they can surprise us, but I don't see them doing much um, of anything definitely coming out the SEC. But I don't know. Other than Alabama, I really don't see it. I think they run the conference this year. 
BB, who's winning the SEC? Oh, who's winning the SEC? <laughs> all I care about is the Big Ten. I'm not going to lie to you. My bad. I was messing with Coach Meyer. Well, that's all right. You're allowed I can to enjoy me out of that. Yeah. <laughs> you, he put me through a lot my first two years. I appreciate you. I love you to death. It's on the other side now. <laughs> all right. The other, the last one, before we get out of here, it's just interesting. It's, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin mm. back in the SEC, back with a shot at Florida. I don't – I'm skeptical. I covered Lane uh, when he was at Tennessee. I feel like – especially knowing the place that he is now that we're about one or two years removed from them being on a massive probation for rules breaking. That's about all I know, but you know, this is a, it's not a, all his fault though with that situation. Sure. Ed Ogeron takes some blame for that as well. That's, that's a whole nother story. I don't need to get into my pre uh, Ohio state coverage days, but I don't know. Do you, do you think Lane Kiffin will, will spring an upset? I think that would be one here because a lot of people are now picking forward to win the East. I, I truly do. Watching Lane Kiffin and his football team last year, I know it was a different place he was at, but he superseded expectations so quickly. That's how good he is. I mean, he always has his thing going on for every reason why he doesn't stick around. But when it comes to being a coordinator, when it comes to getting guys ready to play football, he knows how to do, he knows how to do that with the best of them. So I think Ole Miss will be there, especially on the offensive end. They got some good talent there. I think it'll be a sneaky team, man. This could be an upset. Totally agree. You better watch out. You better have a defense or you better have an offense that can keep up with a Lane Kiffin offense sure. on the other side of the ball. So I'm definitely thinking he uh, oversees a lot of expectations and get this team rolling. And right he's direction. one of the best followers on Twitter. Super good follow if you ain't following him. <laughs> All right, BB, anything else you got to plug before you get out of here? No, nah, man, that's about it. Honestly, I appreciate y'all for having me. Add a little bit more color to this to this podcast <laughs> outside of Dale. So, you know, I enjoy being here. I appreciate y'all. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how the season goes. All right. I appreciate all, all the insight as well. Uh, wishing nothing but the best that the BB can get that shot that he deserves. It's been a, a tough year for all of us, but it's uh, you know, he's got the ability, and he'll, you'll never find somebody who works any harder uh, than him. I uh, appreciate uh, Coors Light, Byers Auto, and, of course, Urban Myers Pine House. Ryan Heating Cooling Systems for bringing you weekend kickoff. This is number two. We're going to be here all season. Can't wait. Got a lot more guests like BB uh, coming throughout this year. Cardale, Beanie Wells, Anthony Schlegel, and, of course, Coach Urban Meyer. Appreciate everybody uh, for coming out and watching the show. Uh, we'll see you next week at uh, Letterman Row. Bye-bye.